Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi and welcome to the realest Boston podcast. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillah, alhamdulillah. Welcome to the realest podcast in this dunya. Let's the go. Three Muslims <laughs> with the fourth one. What is it like the three musketeers in D'Artagnan? Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, bro. This is it, man. Live, uncensored. Uncensored, unfiltered, yeah. Unfiltered. Yeah. One of the most controversial things that are uncensored and, and highly requested are gin stories, bro. And there's this, a lot of people don't even know what gin are, bro. Right. Because a lot of them are like, you know, do we believe in it? Do we not? It's just in the Quran, so we just blindly submit. There's no blind faith, bro, right? So these things are real. Anyone that is watching this and has had encounters with gin, they know what we're talking about is not just hocus pocus stuff. No. But to a lot of people, they might not know what gin are. So you want to give a quick, like, five-minute summary, bro? No. All right, bismillah, alhamdulillah, So jinn is from the realm of what we see, the unseen. We say the unseen, al-ghaib. And this is um, a very popular topic where people discuss it. It's, um, I think it's um, sometimes taken to an extreme or the other. And that's why a lot of people might get too scared about it or get kind of dismissive and be like, well, you know, mm. it's just asatirul uh, awwalin, like stories and... Just folk, right? Which is not. And um, it is a popular topic. We say in Arabic, a jinn or jinns. Jinn and sex. <laughs> the two most popular topics that people... It's, it's like a very related the words. But yeah, jinn, uh, even the root word, it comes from something that is not seen. Like, for mm-hmm. example, jinn, jannah, right? Jannah is a, mm-hmm. a paradise, which is also from the ghaib. And um, it is a spirit that was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, from smokeless fire as Allah SWT tells in the Quran, and it is basically what the devil is. Let's keep it as simple as possible. Iblis, the main... He's a jinn. Yeah, he's a jinn. But Christians believe he's an angel. Fallen angel. Okay? Muslims do not believe that angels fall because the way they were created, implying that an, like an angel, a fallen angel implies that God has somehow created an imperfect uh, worshiper that he's specifically created to worship. Of course, so. this is an issue of theology. It's not necessarily like a proof. Of, it's just this is what we believe, mm-hmm. right? It's not to. Uh, but um, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created angels without fault in terms mm-hmm. of worship. They do what He says, and uh, as opposed to humans, and as opposed to jinn. So angels were created from light. Humans were created from uh, mixed uh, mud, from different colors, as the Hadith says, right? Like we're talking about, like black, red, white, all kinds of different mud. And the jinn were created from smokeless uh, fire. Mm-hmm. And so different substances and three different creations, they all, the two share uh, one same characteristic, the jinn and human beings, which is the ability to choose. And the angels do not, right? Uh, like they just said, we praise be to you. We, uh, we don't know anything except what you taught us. The angels responded, Al-Aya. And, uh, however, the jinn and Adam, they have the freedom of choice or Ben Yadam. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a, just a main uh, definition and distinction between the three creations. What's jinn? It's a, people say ghost, mm-hmm. um, different countries, different um, ethnicities, different mm. uh, nationalities will have different yeah. variations or, you know, with regards to it. But subhanAllah, the one thing is in common that pretty much all have the concept of a, 
an unseen being, unexplained, and so on. I would say that the Muslim and the Christian, Judeo-Christian tradition will have the closest definitions or the closest similarities. Then you have, you know, all the way from the Amazon to Africa, different concepts, um, Native Americans, right, spirits and so on, spirits of the forest, spirits of uh, animals and so on and so forth. All these will have different definitions and understanding. And it's important to know what a jinn is because of who shaitan is again, mm-hmm. right? Who iblis is. Now, that's why. So you can know exactly who your enemy is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that very clearly in the Quran. Subhanallah. You know I, crazy, I find though. it. My bad, bro. But you know what's crazy? What's crazy, bro? Is that like, we got two people, right? You got the believers, you got the disbelievers. Hmm. People who believe and understand what a jinn is, or even if they don't know what a jinn is, but they believe in like something that's unseen, right? right? Mm-hmm. They'll experience it. They'll have experiences, and and they might feel something like they might walk into a place and they're like, "Yo, like something feels off," right? You know. And then you have mm. the disbelievers who will say, "Nah, this, this is not real. This is not real. Like, there's no such thing as a something that you know. There's no such thing as a ghost. There's no such thing as a jinn." It's like for these people, they're already in this ignorant state. They've like the jinn can control them and do whatever they want with mm. them, and, and it's like they for them it's it's night or day. It don't make a difference, mm. right? See, I mean, the jinn won't even bother with them actually because they're so astray that's what they um, one of the interesting statements that I've heard was that one of the greatest tricks of, of the devil is to convince the world that he doesn't exist mm-hmm. right like people don't really think about it kind of gone of course it's going to target the the believers however there are a lot of non-believers who experience a jinn and I was mm-hmm. recently I was looking at the um, the psychological manual for diseases uh, yeah, exactly. So there's a, a column there for unexplained uh, psychological That's the phenomenon. Right? And, yeah. and a lot of the people who have these, um, you know, sometimes they'll put on the psychosis uh, and so on, but uh, there's a lot of unexplained uh, manifestations mm-hmm. uh, which fall under mental health usually, but the psychologists, the scientists, they don't have where to put it, so they put it under that category. Right. And they try to work with different medicine and treatments. However, it's just you know, like possessions, right? They'll put it under under mm. there. And so was on. it so, random, so, though? Sorry? Did it come on random, or was it something that like came on after? No, it came out with time, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, people used to treat, uh, psychology has evolved a lot, and people used to treat um, mental health issues uh, very differently. Uh, they used to inflict pain. They used to... You know, uh, like hot water, cold water treatments, uh, like torture, all kinds of weird and interesting things. And of course, things have changed over time. But now I think they kind of put unexplained, esoteric. Right, right, right. No, hundred percent. Subhanallah, and like that's that's one thing that I find phenomenal, bro. So the first thing I want to say, you know how you draw, you drew a parallel between Bunny Adam and Jin, right? That we both have free will. I also think it's similar to the jinn and the angels have something similar that they're both unseen. Right. At least unless they decide to not be. Right. But one thing I also wanted to say was we did a whole series with Mr. Middlepath, right? For Jinn series editor. You can put it up, uh, you know, to plug that for people that don't see that. But it's a series we did and we looked at scientific studies on people that take DMT, like the drug DMT. And they come across these things like DMT entities, they call it. We compared those with people that claim to have alien abductions. Right. We came uh, across those that say they uh, were visited by a vampire or ghost. All of these things have very similar elements, and we concluded that it makes the most sense that they're jinn. 
because they present the same things, they give them the same messages that slip into kufr eventually, and it's it's very similar, bro. Subhanallah, and like it's it's a whole world that people don't know about. And these drugs, they do kind of lower that hijab that we have with the unseen psychedelics, right? I mean, that's kind of what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to remove that hijab, as you've said, and, get and you past that, and just bro. Experience. In the in the DSM too, the for anyone that doesn't know what the DSM is, just a catalog of psychiatric yeah. disorders, right? In the DSM, they have this thing called multiple personality disorder. Right. disorder yeah. And what's crazy is I've seen people that have multiple personality disorder. I've seen patients that, you know, when they switch from like one altar to another. And I've also seen Rukia videos where they're doing multiple jinn possession. And there's too many things more similar than different, bro. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, look at this. How can you explain someone who's never had exposure to a language like Latin? A dead language. Yeah. Right, that they can speak it. All of a sudden, flow, uh, no, just fluently, fluent. Hundred percent. It's impossible. You can say okay, like German or French. You might have in this in your you know in the you picked it up and it's been recorded in your subconscious, and then they explain it like that, right? Mm-hmm. But like a dead language, you know, it's it's almost yeah. impossible. And what's what's crazy is we know that jinn can have their own <laughs> deen, right? They can all have their own belief system. They could be Hindu, they could be Christian, they yes. could be Muslim. And we know that they could be any even country, even atheists, right? Yeah, they could be atheists yeah. too. And what's weird is in multiple personality disorder in the DSM, psychologists conclude that they, your alters can have their own way of life, their own sexual identity, yes. their own orientation, their own religion. Yes. And there's so much like aligning, bro, mm-hmm. with jinn that it's crazy. But have you, have you dealt with any cases, bro, in your career? Or? Yeah, I mean, there's, I've dealt with cases in my career as a counselor, when I was Muslim, but I've also experienced it as a non-Muslim. And I think depends, again, what culture you're coming from. Like the Eastern European, the Latin culture, right? Like Romania, Spain, Italy, Portugal, of course, South America, you know, Mexico. There's that. It's, it's part of the culture, the whole ghost and spirits and... Saints um, and all that. Saints, yeah, yeah. And exactly, right? Encounters with uh, spirits and so on. Like you're talking about people invoke and they mm. consider it. Like if you look at like, like Romania, right? Like the Catholics in Romania specifically. Um, Catholics in like South America. The Italian Catholics. You look at their altars. It's just doesn't even fit with Christianity. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, it's, there's all kinds of uh, saints and weird shirk that is not even part of their theology. But it's been kind of uh, injected into the culture, and um, people have have uh, you know witchcraft and uh, all kinds of witches who are involved. Um, it's they learn it, they pass it on from from mother to daughter, and so mm. on and so forth. Sadly, I mean, I mean, again, it's like mostly women involved in this kind of stuff. Mm. You know, it's kind of weird, but in <laughs> most cultures, like the the Latin cultures. It's usually women who are involved, like old women, mm-hmm. uh, and then they teach their daughters. My grandma was involved in that stuff, and That's I remember tough. clearly um, that they used to do this. Um, they basically uh, to to see if you have like iron on you, they'll use a, a match, and then they they do some kind of uh, weird ritual with a match with fire, and then they so they allow it to drop in a cup of water. And then it, if it submerges or something, I can't remember exactly, then, okay, you have something. And then they make you drink that water. It's kind of weird, but like mm. everyone does that, you know. So there's that culture that is, is, is in there. So we've experienced 
a lot of these these things. Okay. Uh, uh, different places that are haunted, right? Uh, I mean, that that's something that we've we've come across as non-Muslims. I don't know. We probably like have uh, have seen some of that definitely. in your culture, right? Like uh, you we know, even heard of some definitely, stuff. Definitely. Yeah. See, we got we got brother Abu Ibrahim Hussein on the podcast, who's a close friend of Sheikh Tim Humble, and both of them have been making rokia videos, mm-hmm. and they talk about you know the sahir, the magician. They have to do extremely humiliating things mm-hmm. in the eyes of Allah, like extremely humiliating and disrespectful things, either with fecal matter or menstrual blood and all this stuff, either eating it or or sodomy with their brothers and stuff like that wearing red and just completely disobedient kufr stuff just to get the approval of jinn, just to make that exchange and then finally gain the trust. But before, I know what the viewers are here, bro. They want to hear all the jinn stories, but I do have a question that's genuine. Like, there's this belief in the Muslim community. I don't want to claim it's from Islam because Allahu Alam, but it's in the Muslim community that we shouldn't talk about jinn stories and it's not something we should be open about. Like, Have you heard anything like that? Because anytime, you know, people have jinn encounters, it's like, oh, we're not supposed to talk about it, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel that in our community, we talk about it too much. We blame jinn for everything. So someone can't get married. Oh, it's jinn. I don't feel well. Oh, I have iron. Oh, something, you know, my car broke down. Oh, it's hasad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, these could be it. But I think we've, we over, overkill when it comes to that. It has to be a balance, right? We have to check it out. What's um, mental health? What's biological, what's psychological, mm-hmm. what's actually genuine. How do you do that? Through specialists, you know? Mm-hmm. Ask the people of knowledge we don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel that, yeah, we, we jump mm-hmm. too fast into labeling and to gin mm-hmm. and so on. So there's, I mean, there's extremes. You look, I, I believe it's like the more technologically inclined we are, the more we dissociate ourselves from believing in the unseen in general. It's not that we don't believe theoretically, but we don't feel it. It's like, okay, we believe that there's jinn and angels, whatever, right? It's all cerebral. But you don't feel that, yes, Mm. it's really there. And back in the days when technology was not so so popular, Mm -hmm. I think people were more inclined not only to believe that these things exist but to believe in god in general oh 100 percent, bro when you when you look at like when you look at people in japanese tribes right following a religion of no god atheism Mm -hmm. right and you ask these kids that are living with the way of the land they're they're farmers Mm -hmm. they're living in the mountains right they all believe in one god and what's what's profound is that one god the way this they describe it to be omniscient and omni omnipowerful and uh, omnipotent right not omnipresent but all these things it aligns with allah SubhanAllah, and mm. the descriptions they use, it's, it's kind of crazy. But this being said, do you have any cases or, or any profound stories that, right. that are for sure, like you can't just rule it off as mental health, 100%. you can't write it off as coincidence? Yeah, 100%. So I think, so that's why I kind of try to split in two. So pre-Islam, whatever we experienced culturally, you know, seeing our grandparents, our culture, especially people in the village and so on. And then what happened in Islam. And I remember the first time, I was, it was during my first... Here in the in the UAE, and I I was assigned a room in a hotel, an older hotel. Yeah, and I I just you know I was like what twenty five or something, and I I went you know I just got a new job as a teacher. I was tired, just reached the UAE after a long flight. Got into this room, I went to sleep, and I wasn't sleeping yet. I was just tired, just kind of you know laying around, 
And all of a sudden, like I felt this, it was just got very cold. I started shivering. Right? I was like, what's going on? You know, like I couldn't fall asleep. I was just like twisting, turning. And it was dark. And all of a sudden I felt the presence, this presence in my face. It was so weird because my eyes were closed and I was like, don't open your eyes. Mm. And literally, like, I know people would be like, yeah, right. It was like, like it made this noise, you know? And I could feel the breath. It's like, you know, if I get close to you, you can yeah. feel it. Close your eyes. If I come close yeah. to you, you'll feel me, you know, that mm. there's someone there. Why don't you do that? Why don't you get real close to me? This is Haram! <laughs> haram! It's all halal, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> so imagine, yeah? yeah? And I was like, don't open your eyes. Bro, I got, I was petrified, man. Allah. I was petrified. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy because uh, before we started recording, I was like, you know, I don't really have too many stories or anything like that. You just reminded me of something. Allah huh? Allah. Before I moved, I was I was laying in bed. Um, I don't remember what time it was or anything, but I was laying in bed and I had this really weird moment where you know how people like have these lucid dreams or sleep paralysis mm-hmm. where like they're they're awake, they can see, but they they're kind of sleep, right. they can't move, right? And they yeah. see things. I was asleep, but almost as if I can only see darkness. So my eyes mm-hmm. were closed, but it felt like I was looking. And I'm just I'm lying down. And it's, I can feel my body lying in my bed, right? Mm. And it's almost as if I can see my body and my feet. And I see this thing kind of just walk or float just around me. It looked like a woman, mm-hmm. but it was like a shadowy figure. Come, come around me, go to my feet at the edge of my bed. And it's wallahi daldim. It's like it either entered my foot or left my foot or grabbed my foot or something. And then I just woke up. And I could not move at all. I was aware. I was present, but I couldn't move at all. Of course, people will say they're dreaming, but I'll, dreaming, I'll yeah. refute that in a second. Yeah. You wanted to add something? I was going to say that. I had a story too. Yeah. Like Brother Rami said, don't forget your thought though, bro. It's a, I know you have an important point, but basically there was this one time, and, and anyone that's an OG for T3M, they've heard this story time and time and again, but this one time I woke up, right? Like I had a good sleep. I slept like a baby. And for some reason, I felt inclined to go on my camera roll to check my photos. I know like you have to be an absolute crack to wake up and the first thing you do is go on your phone, obviously. <laughs> that alone is, a, I try not to do that, right? But for some reason, I felt inclined to have to go to my camera roll. And I, the, who does that waking up, right. right? So I went and then I see a recording from like 3 a.m. or something like that. And it was a recording in my room. And I was just like, okay, I slept at like midnight and I know I didn't wake up because no one wakes up and forgets and I don't record stuff, right? And it's a recording where basically under my bed and my parents are going to get scared now because this was at their house. I still lived at home at the time. But my mom, she keeps like our spare mattresses under our bed and she puts like the mattress padding, you know, and all that plastic wrap. So you could hear something. It's it's a black recording because it was night. Obviously it was dark, but you hear something clawing at the mattress padding and which is under my bed. Mm -hmm. So you can't even say like, I, I tried to like, rationalize it right and try to like put my hands as i'm sleeping you can't touch it bro it's like deep inside you know and i'm just like bro like that makes no sense right? right so i'm trying to like think like what could it be and then i keep listening to the audio and all you could hear is it's like tearing away at the at the plastic and automatically you hear footsteps running away mm. and it's just just something ran away so next day i'm like kind of like in a trance i'm like what could this be so i call my dad i'm just like dad did you wake up like last night by any chance he's like yes I was like, were you in my room? Like, because I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, no. I was like, what time did you wake up? He's like, uh, I wake up, I woke up at two different times. I woke up once at this time, which was like much later, it was not that. But then the time that the recording was, he was like, I woke up and I stayed in my bed just like looking into a blank and I could just feel something was weird. And I was mm-hmm. like, what did you do? And he was like, oh, I just got up and I just prayed Fajr. 
And I was like, what time did you pray Fajr? Like, I need the time you prayed Fajr. And he gave me a time. He gave me the exact time. It was the exact time of the recording. And, and I don't know what it is about Salah. I don't know if they don't like it or what. But there was this one time I was praying too. And as soon as I, like, I lifted the Tashahud finger, in front of me there was a couch. And the couch decompressed. Mm. As if something was sitting on it. Which is insane. And, and like, no one thinks... Like you can you can see a couch compress if someone's sitting on it, right? But the way the couch was, I didn't look at it because I was like, it's a normal couch. But it came up in a way, which to to its normal resting state, and I was just like, bro, that's weird, bro. And I also had uh, this one guy who was a magician. He was basically telling me um, what I was wearing, what I was doing in my house, who I was with, and you can obviously do that communicating with someone's kareen and all that. And I put two and two together later. He was definitely doing sihr, bro. And so it's like, I don't know, bro. I've, I've had my share of experiences and I just want to let anyone know that if you guys are doubting these things to be real, what Gabriel's saying, it's probably because you either have low iman and you don't really fully believe in it or you haven't had a direct experience with it. Mm. Or you've just been unaware. Or you're unaware. And I don't, I don't wish this on anyone, obviously. If, you, if you're unaware of jinn, that's, that's the paradise, bro. That's fool's paradise. But if you have it, it's, it's not easy, bro. This is what I think like the viewers should know that the intention for this EP it's just to shed light on this because uh, a lot of people, they kind of go through life just blissfully unaware of this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're not saying it to scare you, nor are we saying it to like, I don't know, boast. Because like something that I learned early on is like not to share these things just because like, let's be honest, you sharing that, you sharing this, you sharing that. I haven't shared anything, but like y'all sharing this, it's already made us like feel some kind of way like i don't know about no y'all doubt. but i, I yeah. felt like like the shivers in my body at some point mm. no doubt this like i mean i don't know allah knows best but if you bring yourself to a lower state mm. then you also bring yourself to a state where you can experience these things even more mm. and, Facts. and i don't want to make that on i don't want to put that on anyone yeah, but that's definitely. why i'm saying like the Our Nia, yeah. this video yeah. is just to like shed light on this well, you have to educate people video, you know? so they're aware yeah, and examples these things and, yeah. Exam- uh, exist so they can protect themselves. Yeah, it's not just for us to share gin stories. Yeah. It's not we're not sitting around the fire and just. <laughs> having, I mean, bro, go in, bro. If you have any insane stories, yeah, out, I mean, get, get the, the s'mores out. Yeah, but that's the uh, what Allah says in the Quran that Shaitan he scares you, right? And they feed on fear, right? Um, they feel in fear to us because by um, intellect they're in fear. They have stronger physical abilities, such as traveling at the speed of light, going through walls, entering people, stuff like that, hearing thoughts. Some scholars have said, um, definitely, you know, uh, identifying patterns in what you're doing, what mm-hmm. your what your weaknesses, what your strengths are, things like that. I mean, they're with you quite often, so they pick up on stuff. But the objective is to know how to protect ourselves from these things. Um, and that's what Allah SWT keeps insisting throughout the Quran to identify our enemy. That's where the whole story of Adam and Eve and Shaitan is at the beginning of the Quran, in Surah Baqarah, right? And that's what Allah tells us. He highlights, this is your enemy, so take him as an enemy, hmm. right? He's the one who made you fall. He's the one who got you to be where you are. This is his objective, this is your objective, right? And just the whole... Our whole existence is somehow tied to that. It's the test of life. It's the, the fruit, the forbidden fruit, the forbidden tree, right? Mm-hmm. Not the fruit, but the tree. Um, and it's the weakness of the human being that these spirits exploit. 
However, that weakness in that plan itself is weak, mm-hmm. right? As Allah tells in the Quran. But it's us in the end, through our weakness, that submit to that. Just kind of, you know, go. So, subhanAllah, I mean, that was my first experience. And how did I get up? But first thing, I automatically, I was so scared. I started saying Ayatul Kursi automatically, you know, like like loud. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayl. Like, like this, I'm like, Allahu la ilaha I'm like, you know, and it's like, in my face and saying, ah, like that, you know, like again, it went, you know, the more I was reciting, the louder it got. And I mean, stuff like this bread didn't smell or anything like that, but it was like cold and I can, I could feel it, you know, and it was like over me, but not sitting over me, like almost like hovering over me. I was, it was freezing in the room. You know what I mean? It was just freezing and um, it disappeared. I didn't finish Ayatul Kursi. But I mean, I finished it, but I, by, towards the end, it just, it just disappeared. And it was tough to fall back <clears> asleep. <throat> and I was just trying to understand what happened. The thing is, that's weird, is that it kept coming back almost every year. Wow. And the weird thing is, it almost every year it happened before Ramadan. Mm, you had that too? Yeah. Cool. It was like I weird. I had something goals. similar. I, almost <laughs> to the point that like, you know, uh, like Shawal comes in, uh, no, Shaban, sorry, comes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, already like, whoa, I got to get ready. Wow. Bro, Wallah, yeah, you had the same thing. One time, Stafla, again, weird, again in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sleeping in a hotel. This was probably one of the, no, there was another one that's worse. It came out of the pillow. And it tried to pull me in the pillow, almost like in a different dimension. It was weird. It was so weird, bro. Like that was such a weird experience. It literally grabbed me from the pillow and tried to pull me inside the pillow. And again, I was just pushing with Ayatul Kursi, Billah, and just resigning Ayatul Kursi and let me go. And the worst one was in Ramadan, which is weird. Oh, because uh, usually people think, that's it, they lower their guard. They say Ramadan, khalas, all the shayateen. But the Prophet said, Ma'arad, the Bad ones, the big ones are tied. The evil ones. There's other ones who are around. Maybe it's not that evil. And it's always the same one. This one was weird. I don't know. But I'm sure 100%. I'm responsible for what I say. And I was sleeping. Woke up. Went to the masjid. Prayed Fajr. Came back. And I was tired. And I said, okay, let me lay down for a little bit. Laid down. And I was like sitting... Literally, I didn't fall asleep. I was laying down. And I saw something coming in the room. You know? And it moved so fast. And bro, it's like, it, I don't know how it grabbed me from the feet and from the head. And it bent me. Like literally. And weird thing is that I grabbed with my hand as I'm, I was screaming. I was like, ah, like literally. How old like, were you? Um, probably 30... Okay, so well into Islam. Yeah. (laughs) But I felt, I grabbed its hair, man. Like I felt the hair. It was weird because ideally, I mean, theoretically, you probably wouldn't be able to. Yes. But I I felt, I grabbed its hair and pulled as I was reciting. But I screamed because it almost broke my back. And I felt the pain and my muscles like for days, bro. It's like, you know, like I was suffering. From that pain. The kuffar are going to be like, that's a back spasm, bro. Bro, I mean, you can say whatever it <laughs> they is. They can say whatever. 
It's okay. Yeah. It's not because it didn't happen. It, it was, and I recognize the same one. You know, it's a guy, uh, straight hair, dark hair. Like I, you know, it's the same person. And I, I never talked to me. Never. I don't know. Like the same communicated, but it's the same one, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I got shivers, boy. Mm-hmm. It was the worst experience because it, it, it was so painful, Achi. Like I suffered physically, and I was, and like, I was I'm strong, you know, like I'm big, but it just like went like, like a effortless, like you're a doll. Yeah, and it, I thought he's gonna break me in two. Like I just reacted by reciting right away, and just somehow I grabbed, right, and I, as I grabbed this hair, I pulled, but I felt. It's weird because in my mind, wow, soft hair. No homo, huh? But it was like weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was like, like what the heck, you know? Like what, what is he using? Like uh, what do you call? Uh, uh, what is it? Head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. <laughs> pain scene, boy. No, it's shampoo. And then what's the conditioner? Conditioner. Conditioner, bro. Yeah, but it was so weird, bro, because the pain stayed with me for days. Wow. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, there was the, those experiences. Um, one time I was uh, I was introducing Sheikh Yusuf Estes in one of the lectures, and I was reciting some Quran, and I heard this like crazy scream in the audience. But I was like, ah, you know, I was like, whoa. I was like, thank you, you know, I have a fan or something, right? I was like, okay. And then after everything happened, this lady came up to me, non-Muslim. She's like, I gotta talk to you. I was like, okay, what do I do now? You know, and I was like, uh, and she's like, yeah, did you hear that scream? I was like, yeah, I'm like that was me. I was like, okay. And she's like, I don't know. I just, when I heard you recite Quran, I started screaming like crazy, right? And she's like, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. But I have this like, I'm not going to name the nationality again because people get sensitive. But I have this boyfriend, he's a Muslim and I don't want to be with him anymore. So he said, he's going to do something to me. Like he threatened me and, uh. How do I, you know, like every time I hear Adhan, because she's in a Muslim country, and Quran, this is how I just start screaming like crazy. Like I lose my mind. I don't know what happens. Of course, she's in a haram relationship. Why would you not be involved? This poor woman. Bro. So, but I mean, like you're talking about a non-Muslim, mm. you know? So all these experiences, in Mecca, like I, I was praying, and I'm talking about praying in Mecca and haram, and all of a sudden someone like, Three rolls down, going. Bah, going oh, this is so down, common in the haram, bro. Jumping. What did I message you when I went to Umrah? <clears throat> yeah, right yeah. at the at the Kaaba, in front of the Kaaba, it's I'm praying, and sisters are screaming during Surah Al Baqarah, bro. Crazy, yeah, and people screaming. do it. Okay, like I've seen it there. Like seen, the police yeah, yeah. just kind of circles it, and some sheikh comes and just like does it. So, um, people need to understand there's a balance, uh, how you look at this, but you have to to believe so you know exactly how to protect yourself through the ruqya through the athkar, you know, the recitations of the reminders. And um, I mean, it's become a fitna because I know of some communities who have split over belief. For example, there's an Indian community, a Southern Indian community, where there's split, huge split for like 10 years now, whether on this whole aqidah issue, whether jinn can actually possess you or not. And it's caused a huge division amongst brothers and something, look, shaitan just... Kind of, you know, that's mm. one of his objectives, right? To split the people. Denying possession, I think, could Bro, be... Bro, you're talking about, like, organizations falling yeah. apart, like, families dividing, you know, mm. and whole, oh, we all, like, can Jim possess? So we go, no, he cannot. This is uh, ridiculous. Mm. Not from this one. And some people say, no, of course he can. Do you have Do you have any cases, like, you know, working as a counselor, or a psychologist, working with people and helping them out? Do you have any, like, anything, like, you've heard from people that they've told you things that are... You can't... Because I know you deal with mental health and mental mm. illness. 
that you, you can't write this off as a mental disorder. No, you cannot. Not when you have so many examples that have specific patterns. Patterns, you know? can you give some? Yeah. So, um, as we just discussed, right, like these like people knowing languages that they wouldn't be able to know otherwise, um, just, you know, Muslims and non-Muslims experiencing the same thing. Of course, people dismiss it and try to put it somewhere under mental health or unexplained or we'll, we'll find it later maybe in sciences advancing and so on. I mean, it's just like recently what, I was, what we were talking about, right? One of my clients was talking about how she gets this, um, these thoughts to draw stuff, you know? And I have, actually, I'll show you guys the drawing. I won't show it now, but um, it's obviously confidential. But um, it's amazing what this voice is telling her to draw. Like, there's no way she's a convert. Like, how, how recently? Um... The the case? Yeah. No, about two, three weeks ago. Okay. So she's a new revert? No, she's been a Mustafa for a few years. Okay. And um, actually, Subhanallah, she left Islam because of this. Wow. I'm trying to keep working with it, but there's no way this person can draw these things. Impossible. It's like Arabic calligraphy, words, mixture of words, um, the patterns. It's just something that is impossible. You know what I mean? For a person. If you were to say just like whatever, some gibberish or anything like that, you'd be like, yeah, this is just from a product from the mind of a person. What is she writing though? Um, just different words, different uh, uh, patterns, different Quranic kind of, you know, it's not Quran, but that's kind of what we said. That's kind of what you find in uh, Ta'wiz. Mm-hmm. When I've opened Ta'wiz before, you'll find like names of jinns, uh, different words from the Quran, gibberish, mixed uh, patterns, tables, numbers, and so on. So when you see these things, I mean, yeah, you can just, there's too many cases to dismiss them and to say that, yeah, it could be just coincidence. It could be, it's not. Look, in the end, um, a person can believe whatever they want. Uh, but when you experience it, is reality. We don't want you to experience it. Mm. We pray that you never experience it. That's our objective, teach you mm-hmm. to be aware. But if you do experience it, you should know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And um, when you, it's not about believing it, it's about being aware, right? Like knowing that it's there. Because when you're aware of it, if you know what you're dealing with, it's not going to shock you as much. But when you don't know, you have no knowledge of it, it could cause you to, to lose your mind. Yeah. Like people lose their minds. People become, you know... Um, they go on medicine, um, everyone, you know, I mean, they themselves think, because they cannot explain it, they think that they're crazy, mm-hmm. right? So then they, they, come, they, they act crazy, they take medicine, they're on a slippery slope, they get uh, admitted to a mental ward. Like your whole man. life is done, right? But if you would know, like look for the Muslims, the Muslim, oh, I know what this is. Right away, the mindset is different. Yeah. You're not going to panic, you're not, oh, you might be afraid, but you're not going to panic you know what you have to do. And sometimes, bro, I don't mean, personally, my experience has strengthened my iman. You know, mm-hmm, I, I became much stronger because I was like, bro, like, like, this is what Quran says and this is what happens. And I'm like, what, what more do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, so subhanAllah. I got a question though. This is for all y'all. Because mm-hmm. I don't think neither of us is going to have the exact answer. But why do y'all think that there are certain people that experience more prone and that are more prone mm. and there are others that are not. I know I had said the whole thing about disbeliever 
and believe it. But like in reality, like let's say we have a believer. Mm. Let's say we we all have like we have mm. a group of believers, mm. and you might have like two people who like for some reason they are having these experiences mm-hmm. left and right, mm-hmm. while the other ones it's like they know about it but they don't really have these experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I wanna I wanna come jump at it in a in a multifaceted approach. So I think what, the question that you're asking is not alluding to a bunch of people that are just unaware. I think genic encounters and experiences could happen to everyone, right? If everyone's open to them. But I do feel like a lot of these people are just not conscious enough. They're not present enough to notice these things. Something might happen in their room. Something <laughs> might happen in their TV. Because they do interfere with electronics and stuff too. No doubt. And people are just going to be like, oh, it's the power went out. It's like yeah. A lot of people are just unaware. Or they might have something. They, SubhanAllah, they're just on their phone. A jinn mm-hmm. could be just in the room. They're just... They're just Stupid, bro. Like, they're not even present, you know? There's, there's no way to put it. But I do think with the commonalities you're talking about, some people just have a history of jinn patterns in their life, right? Or one jinn coming after them. Yep. The answer that I'll give is Allahu Alam, bro. I have had a lot of jinn experience in my life, and I try my best to be a practicing brother. I can't say I'm a good Muslim because I don't think any of us should slip into that territory of saying we're good Muslims or we're amazing or we're guaranteed jannah or anything. We shouldn't say these things. Stuck for Allah. But I do see this a lot that I know people that are not on deen like they're struggling with their Islam and they have a lot of cases mm. and I see some like them that are not and I see brothers that are really getting their, getting on deen they're on their P's and Q's they're not having cases at all mm. and then I see other brothers have them what I do know is from all the brothers that I've seen that I regularly you know chat with and they have encounters is the ones that were on deen but they're trying to get more on deen just like brother Gabriel was saying when they were kind of in Jahiliya, so to speak Shaitan doesn't need you, bro. Shaitan doesn't need to do anything to you. Yeah. But as soon as they try to get their life in order, as soon as they try to like get their salah on time, step away from haram, try to break up with their girlfriends and these things, bro, Shaitan is at the door, bro. Okay. Jinn are everywhere. SubhanAllah. Um, I was in my office. I got a call. Uh, this sister, Sri Lanka sister said, look, I need to come with my sister. She's got some issues. Uh, she's got possession, blah, blah, blah. She described everything to me, right? So I will come in over. I come by, because in Malaysia. So, I just remember now. <laughs> so she comes in, it's this little girl, you know, you're talking about like, I mean, she's a woman, but she was like little. Talking about like five foot. Max. Max, yeah. you know. So her sister and her cousin or whatever, guy, this guy, right? So there's three people in front of me. So she's sitting next to me like this, and the guy and the girl, right? So she's telling me this is what happens, I get these, you know, uh, it's like, shaking and talking and doing all kinds of weird stuff, right? Main point that we have to go on back to your question is not that each person experiences jinn individually, is that sometimes a group of people see the same thing happening. Mm-hmm. Now, what, how are you going to do, you know? Can you say, no, it's this person's psychosis or, no, you're talking about three, four people seeing the same thing from different backgrounds, different understandings, different even religious commitment or whatever. Can't deny that, bro. So I'm sitting, and I was like, look, I was like, can I do some rock on you? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, people have tried. And I'm like, I wasn't ready for that, right? I was kind of like, let's just do it, see what happens. So I recite Surah Baqarah on her. All of a sudden, she's like, like this, you know? She's heavy. Actually, no, I stopped reciting, and we're just talking. And I kept mentioning some things to you. It was after reciting. All of a sudden, her head was like, I noticed, I thought, are you okay? Well, she's tired. She's kind of like, you know, almost like falling asleep. You know, sometimes you're mm-hmm. talking to someone, you're kind of like, huh? <laughs> okay. So she's like dozing off, right? And she put, soon, this, 
third or fourth time she lifted her head up, her face was different. Her eyes. Yeah, you could tell. Was Skin, it? complexion, everything. Bro, okay, check this everything. out. Wallahi, bro. She jumped on me. She choked me. I've never, like, even when I do jujitsu, bro, it's like, cannot compare. Okay, her power. Like, I was, I was, and I was shocked. I got caught off guard, right? She started choking me, bro. Like, literally going, right? And then, like, trying to get me in a lock. I was, it took me three, four seconds to react, yeah? To break her guard. And literally, I took her to the floor, bro. I mean, stuff for life, you know? <laughs> but I took her to the floor and like. Five foot girl did that to you? Bro, I had to wrap my, from the back, I had to curl from the back, right? And wrap my legs around her and choke her like a proper choke. Wow. I was like, Just I'm gonna to- kill her, you know? Because, bro, I couldn't control. Even then, I couldn't grab her, bro. Just to grab my, put my arm around her, bro, it was impossible. It's just that I used my legs. So I'm tall, obviously, five or six, six, two. And I was able to wrap my legs. And the other ones were like, they were like, just like, they couldn't even <laughs> do anything. Like, we've seen this before. It's not going to go well. And they're just sitting on the side and looking. I mean, in panic, they don't know what to do. And I'm trying to control her. And I can't, bro. I can't. You know what I mean? It took me a while to grab her and I kept reciting on her as I'm like choking the thing out of her, right? I'm like, that's it. She's going to like just let it go, right? <laughs> and I'm reciting and reciting after Kursi. And finally I felt like it went like, <sighs> you know, kind of thing. And then she just, the whole power disappeared. Everything just went soft as a vegetable. And I talked to her. I was like, can you hear me? She's like, yeah. Like, can I let you go? Or are you going to like... <laughs> She's like, uh, what happened? When she saw what she said, what happened? That's when I let her go, and her face was different. Everything was different. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, she started apologizing, crying. She's like, this happens a lot. You know, I start hurting people, bro. It was that was just unbelievable, bro. The the, the power, the strength that this five foot little Sri Lankan woman had. It was. Bro. It's unexplainable, bro. I mean, I, I rolled with guys, bro, but this was something different, you know? I mean, this was just... Horrible, and you weren't... You, and, and one more thing, too, as men, we, always, ready, we always size up people <laughs> coming into a room, right? Ready, bro. So when you, there's a level of your guard that you don't have when you're just in a room full of women. You know what I mean? I know I know, I know can really, you guys can relate to that. You see a five-foot short girl, bro, there's no threat in the room whatsoever. So that's probably what flipped you out more when she started to grab you and choke you, right? If you're in a room full of men, okay, I understand that, you know? Bro, I was like, like, literally, yeah, I was bro. like, my eyes were Just the shock out. factor alone would have been like so much adrenaline, you know? Yeah, what's crazy is that we actually don't use, I think we don't even use like 15, 15%. I might be saying this wrong, um, but we don't use 100% capacity of like our strength. Mm. But if you have adrenaline coursing through your body, like this yeah. is why you hear like grandmas or like just ladies or, or like kids or something being able to do stuff where you're like, right. yeah, they would never lift a car. Do that, right? Right? Yeah. Now what's crazy if you think about this, if a gin takes control of your body, they can essentially control like the capacity of like how much power output is it's being amazing. put out, right? Yeah. It's amazing. It's the gin doing most of the work. That's what the Hadith of Rasul said, right? Because uh, he said that shaitan flows in the blood. Of the son of Adam. Yajri, mm-hmm. uh, it's like flowing, really, uh, in, this, in the blood stream of the son of Adam. And what's, you know, mm. blood carries all the hormones, all, you know. See, see, that's what I see in a lot of people that have gin possessions. 
they when they get possessed, their blood is really warm and they're feeling flashes of heat, you know? And a lot of them that are not possessed, that have jinn near them, they feel really cold because the jinn is fire, right? So it's extremely warm. So they feel shivers and... Yeah. I haven't heard him talk. I heard only one uh, recording mm. of a brother who did a rukya session. They recorded it. Um, I did hear, obviously, stories like where people start talking to them, where the jinn even told them why they're doing this yeah, and yeah. so on and so wow. forth. This one was a funny one, the one that I listened to the recording because the guy made me listen because it's, it's funny. <laughs> they were talking to the <laughs> like the brick. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're talking to the jinn and doing rukya. And so the jinn said, I saw, he said, I saw the Prophet He said, like, I'm from his time, basically. A lot of them are old, yeah. Yeah, so he, he learned English, but he spoke Arabic. But the funny thing is, they're, they're, make, they're doing rukya and fighting with the jinn. There's like three people on the jinn. And mm. like one of the imams says, leave this poor boy, you know? Like, you have no heart. Like, kind of like, you know, don't you feel for him? And he's like... I'm a jinn, you idiot. I'm not, I mean, stuff a lot, but it's so oh funny. My God. God. <laughs> I'm a jinn, you idiot. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, but it's real, bro. It's legit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, important. My advice to people would be like, yeah, just get informed. Mm -hmm. uh, study. Um, Atkar, bro. Atkar. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you want to read a good book, because obviously there's a lot of weird stuff out there yeah. about jinn and so on. But uh, Sheikh Omar al-Ashqar has a Aqidah series. And in that, there's one about the jinn in the world of the unseen. And uh, it's a great book. It's a shorter book, but it mm -hmm. gives you the evidence from the Quran and Sunnah as to what are jinn, so on and so forth. The stories from the time of the Prophet ﷺ, he interacted with the jinn and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. How to protect yourself. And, um, yeah, like basics, I mean, Ayatul Kursi, anything from the Quran, Shifa, just say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajim. These are things that you can do to, to protect yourself. So, Sulaiman, alayhi wasalam, had a lot of, you know, is this, he's different than a lot of prophets in, 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 in context of jinn. So, mm. can you give a little bit of that for the viewers? I mean, that was part of the um, dua that was answered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for him to have a, a mulk or a dominion, dominion that yeah. no one has ever seen or has had. So Allah subhanahu wa has given him that ability to control. So they're scared of him, right? Because mm. he could punish them. Now, um, so but did he control doing, animals or just jinn? He could control animals. animals too, he yeah. could command them. The the wind as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, his army was was huge. The birds. He could uh, speak their language and understand and so on. And people say like, oh, how is that possible? Simple, man. There's there's horse whispers, you know, today, right? I mean, that's the closest you would get. But obviously. People just dismiss things. As soon as they hear something that to them it doesn't make sense, right away, again, due to technology and the world that we live in, where no, if I don't see, I don't believe in it. Dude, yeah. there's a lot of things you cannot see and you still believe in. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's, 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 a, it's irrational to dismiss something just because you think it's folk yeah. or you think it's, uh, oh, it's not possible. Just yeah. because you don't believe in it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There's a separation yeah. between truth and your personal belief. So there, and you can draw a lot of parallels from today's world in context to prove that this is it can exist and it is a possibility. So with Sulaiman alayhi salam, yeah, they were diving, they were getting pearls for him, you know, and it's amazing, subhanAllah, that when he encounters Bilqis, right, and he decides to to invade. 
And why? It's because they're worshiping the sun. And there's this power struggle where finally she submits to him. You know, she realizes that his powers just cannot. Um, the jinn who goes to grab her throne, right? One says, look, I'll just bring it to you uh, before he can stand up. Right, so which means you're talking about so they're somewhere in like Palestine, that area, and this was in Yemen. So you're talking about by flight, mm, at least three, four hours by flight, right? But he said by the time you stand up, so you're talking about like what a second and a half maybe. So you can calculate actually, there's because you can see the distance between Beit al-Maqdis and Yemen, for example. You could calculate the speed, and some scholars have done that. But then, then Allah says in the Quran, but then the one who had knowledge of the book says, I will bring it to you before you blink. Right? Can you imagine that? Before you blink. If you go like this and you'll, and he, that's exactly what happened. Right that's exactly what happened. As soon as, you know, it's like, lahza, you know, it's like, a, it's like just a like second, instant, just, yeah. a, just a, a blink of an eye. So like traveling, no, not just that, traveling that fast teleporting or I don't know changing the molecule structure of that chair or that throne to be able to carry it and reassembling it I mean sometimes you know like particle theory and you can't make this up yeah it's you know I mean if you put things together you analyze well sometimes we read these things but we don't think about the mm, details you just okay. kind of go over it but if you are to put it together you're like wow you know and then you watch all these like Star Trek and people are like yeah but hey wait a second Look at where we're going with technology, right? Things are happening now. So now all of a sudden, these stories are not stories anymore. They're starting to come alive. We're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, just imagine like 50 years ago, right? These cameras have a memory card. Some of these memory cards are like what? 100 GB, 50 GB? One terabyte, bro. One terabyte. Bro, you can fit... All of the libraries, uh, the books in the libraries of the world digitally on, on these. So imagine 50 years ago staying with a little card in front of people. Let's say us 50 years no, ago. No, no, believe us. And you'd be like, hey, I mean, you put it, we'll put you in, in a mental... Mental asylum. They'll right? say we're crazy. What do you mean the books are all in this yeah. thing? No, look, how, look how big one book is. Yeah. yeah. You know? but, but you see the, the way we think yeah. and the way we deny is just because to us, oh, we haven't experienced it. That's, therefore, it's not true. That's the problem with most people don't believe in God or in the unseen. So I haven't experienced it. It's not true. No, it doesn't make sense to me. And they just dismiss it. So you can't. You cannot. You have to think twice. Think twice. Wait. Take a second. Humble yourself. I mean, I think to, to be able to experience these things and to know how to protect yourself, you need to humble yourself. First and foremost, like any pursuit of knowledge, mm -hmm. then Allah will, uh, will show you these things. And you'll know how to protect yourself and your iman will increase. Yeah. Inshallah. Inshallah. Well, so before we start closing up, because we only got about nine minutes well, before you gotta do your, your uh, gotta go to work, huh? Yeah, before you gotta work. <laughs> One question that I wanted to bring up, you know how you were saying the whole thing about like some people are aware, some people are unaware. Um, do y'all think that someone can go from a state of awareness to a state of unawareness when it comes to jinn? Like let's oh, say they so go. Like, let's say they go in. They're like experiencing, 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 mm -hmm. and then like they just stop experiencing it. What do y'all think? Mm, 
I think that can they experience and then not experience? Yes. Can they go from being aware to unaware? I don't think so. Most people that are aware and have direct experiences, it's really hard to like let go of these things and like. Well, that's what I'm saying. You said it. like there's some people they'll be in the room and like let's say like the light starts flickering or something. Yeah. And like we'll we'll say for the example purpose that that's a gin that's a gin like messing with it. This person will see that and like they'll be aware and they'll be like, oh damn, like this is a gin. Like I have to do something. I have to like read. Um, I have to cursy and. You know, I have to protect myself here, right? But then let's say they get to the point where they, they just, I don't know, something inside them, like they just don't want to experience it anymore or they just, they're no longer focused on it. They're focused on other things. And because of this, now it's like when this happens, they're not even looking at it as like, oh, that's a gin. They're just completely like, it's, it's not even there. It's like there's a veil now. Could be possible. Definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. Why not? Yeah. I mean, look at it. Even the story with the, the girl, I totally forgot it. Mm. Sometimes I need to remind myself that these things exist. I think going on with your daily life, your mobile phone, your car, mm. everything makes sense. One plus one adds up to two. Everything's just very linear. You get used to it. Sometimes, yeah, you slip. You just don't realize that these things can exist. I believe so. I think we go into like a state of mindfulness, heedlessness. Like Rafla, uh, you've experienced it, but you forget, and that's where insan, insan, nasya. You know, we we forget, and like where you forget where you where you're coming from. You know, your background. Your people get rich; they forget they were poor at once. People just forget those experiences that they've had yeah. because of what happens in their life, and um, they become unaware. And they put their guard down. Mm. Yeah, the reason I ask, man, is because like I've I've had a lot of gin experiences, mm-hmm. and oh man, I knew bro, when you asked and, that where you were going. Bro, I just like, remember right now one thing. Allah, Akbar. I know, bro. Save it, save it, save it. Save it, save it. Much time. Time. No, we got we six got, minutes. We, we got, got six, six minutes. minutes. <laughs> but I'm gonna try to like keep this real short, right? Yeah, so yeah. I had a lot of gin experiences, and it got to the point where I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm telling y'all. It's almost as if there's like a veil, and I no longer really like experience these things. I no longer even take notice of them. Mm-hmm. But, and here's the big but, when I'm in that like in-between state, when I'm like about to fall asleep, but still awake, that's when I'm reminded that like, no, there is no veil. Oh, I have that too. Like you, you're, not, you're not unaware. Like it didn't disappear. Like it's all still there. And that's why like, I'm asking y'all because it's it's weird, man. Like my my conscious day to day life, it's as oh, if wow. like I'm I'm no longer aware. But then when I'm in between, it's like let's right let's there. talk about this when we all go out for dinner tonight because I, sure, I can bro. relate to that. This is some unfiltered yeah. stuff. I would say we'll put on nice. Patreon, guys, but we're banned from Patreon. So what do we do, yeah, guys? There's no unfiltered <laughs> place. But you can say your thought real quick. Um, but I I do relate to that. And Gabriel had a thing like right before sleep too. Okay. Um, there's members in my family. I don't want to name any names. Y'all watching, you know who you are. That have that too. Okay. It's because when you're right before you fall asleep, it's it's such a like your hijab is down, bro. It's no inhibition, bro. Mm. But what was the thing you? Okay, so this brother, I I mean, he's a new Muslim. He's a Thai brother. And Mashallah. yeah, like I've heard this from him. He's a convert. How he converted to Islam. So he went to Thailand. His, his mother's Thai, his, his father's uh, another, I don't want to say it because I don't want people to, something private, but he told me the story. And so he went to Thailand. He was trying to get spiritual. And basically uh, he went to the temple and they gave him a little idol that he has to take care of. With that idol came a jinn. 
a spirit. And he had an instructional, like he was seeking certain enlightenment and certain things. So the monks there gave him that. They said, you got to do like this. Like he has to feed him. He has to do certain acts of worship towards him and so on. And it was a baby or a, a very young, not a baby, but a young a jinn. And he almost like had to take care of him. For years, this relationship was developing. They're living together. They were doing things for each other and whatnot. The jinn entered into contact with, uh, with Muslim jinn. And he, he became Muslim. The jinn? Yes. And gave Dao to the guy. And the guy became Muslim. I mean, the story is long. I could say another. It's an amazing story, but just because we don't have time. SubhanAllah, I mean, when I was... And he's telling me the story. And he's, he's a new Muslim. And he became Muslim. He gave Dao to his brother. His brother became... He's a very good friend of mine, his brother. Both of them, alhamdulillah, we do projects together. We work together. So his brother became Muslim as well. So the jinn gave Dao to the guy who was taking care of the jinn. And the brother gives Dao to the other brother. They both become Muslim. However, this is a cool part, man, subhanAllah. He said um, they went to Juma one time. It was like one of the first Jumas. Like they went to one of the Muslim areas in Thailand or something like that. They went to Juma. And there the jinn met some other jinns. So after Juma, he said, the guy said, I didn't see him anymore. Finally came to me, says, we can't be together anymore. Because these guys told me we're not allowed. Because you're not allowed to. Communicate in Islam, it's, it's not permissible. Yeah, it's wrong. So he said, uh, uh, like I'm a proper Muslim now, and his name was Nu. Nu. So they said they named me Nuh. Right? So they named me Nuh because I just wanted to say salam for the last time, and you know, it was great being with you, and alhamdulillah, Allah guided both of us. But it's the last time I can talk with well, you. The jinn's name was Nuh. His yeah. name was Nu, but Nuh. the other jinns in the masjid named him Nuh. Mas- like Prophet Noah, right? insane, bro. Yeah. Mas- yeah. Allah, but it's, bro. I mean, the story is longer. I mean, it's okay, just you going to tell us later. You're going to tell us later, bro. Unfiltered stuff, you know? <laughs> we don't even have a website to plug right now. <laughs> just like unfiltered stuff, bro. But subhanAllah, guys, if you made it this far, smash the like button. If you don't know who Brother Gabriel Armani is, what are you doing? Links in the description. Go over to his channel, subscribe, like his video, show him some love, inshallah. Send this to someone in your family. Send this to your mama, your grandmother, anyone that doesn't believe in jinn. Or might need a little bit of a boost to know that they're not the only one going through this, inshallah. 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 And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa kina adha binar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.